All right, everybody, welcome back to this episode of Breakthroughs with Brie, where we are having breakthroughs about our personal and spiritual development, all in living our most authentic and joyful and peaceful lives. My name's Brie. I'm an Akashic Records channeler, energy healer, astrologer, and spiritual and personal development coach. And today is part three of my conversation with Tina about relationships. We just could not get enough. There was so much channeling through us on this. Um, so I really hope that you enjoy this last episode. And what's fun little surprise here is that we have JP, Tina's husband, that comes on at the end of the episode um, to answer a few questions too. So I hope that you guys enjoy. Before we get into the episode with Tina, I'm jumping in to give a few announcements since we recorded this episode a few weeks ago. And there's some time sensitive things I want you guys to know about. First of all, my one-to-one coaching program, Soul Path, is closing its doors on Friday, October 27th. Closing enrollments at this time. If you have really resonated with the kind of breakthroughs that we're having on this podcast, first of all, I would love to recommend you to go to my Instagram at Healing with Bree because I do a lot of short form um, videos and content to help support this kind of thing in between the episodes. I do card pulls. It's really fun. Go there. Um, if you are really trying to do this work with yourself, or you're trying to learn how to do it, um, or if you just want to take it to the next level by getting some support, that's what my one-to-one coaching program is for. I really wanted a sort of like therapy-like experience, but that was really more focused on deepening our connection to ourself, our soul self, our intuition, on doing really deep healing work, like shadow work, like reprogramming limiting beliefs, and really stepping into more of like a 4D and 5D way of interacting with the world, which is really interacting with the world from more of a soul perspective. So if that is something that you've been looking to do um, and having somebody to help support you and reflect some things back to you and a container for that experience to happen, please check out my Soul Path program on my website, healingwithbree.net. Um, there's a tab for coaching program and all of the details, pricing, three months, six months is all on the website. Um, and it will be open for enrollment until Friday, October 27th. Any future coaching programs that I do will have a little bit of a different flavor and objective. Um, so if you're interested, book a discovery call there. On that discovery call is what we'll talk is when we will talk about what that program would look like for you uniquely, what you'd want to get out of it, what kind of goals you want, what it means to you to be more soul aligned, and we can talk about if I genuinely feel like this program could support you and how it could, um, and we would talk about enrollment after that. So I just wanted you guys to know about that since that is time sensitive. Um, the other ways you can work with me is my single session Akashic Records channeling, where a ton of information from your spirit teams, your Akashic Records Keepers gets channeled through about exactly where breakthroughs can be supportive to you and other information that can really help you tap into the most of this moment um, and whatever that means for you comes through. Um, I do those on Fridays whenever I have availability. So you can check out my site, healingwithbree.net for those. Um, those are your ways to work with me. I would love to support you with those services. That's why I offer them is because it's so exciting and it's so moving to see how these kinds of things can really change people's lives. Um, so if you feel drawn to that, then please check out my website or go to my Instagram page, hang out with there for me a while um, so that those things can be of help to you too. Now we can enjoy the episode. Thanks everyone. Okay. Um, coming into another fun, hot topic, sex. Mm. sex lives and relationships it's a good, one. <laughs> it's a good one again it's another it's good area one. that kind of reflects back 
other things going on in the relationship. Yep. Um, what are some of like the, like, we can get into it more, but like, what are some of the top tips or things that you would recommend to people about them thinking about managing to the part of their relationship that is their sex life? I remember when I was um, early married and I had two little kids and I remember thinking, I just didn't want somebody to want something else from me. Instead of thinking that this was something that was building my relationship. And I loved my husband and was very attracted to him, but I was exhausted. I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old, you know, and I remember thinking, oh my God, just don't want anything from me. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't that we had a bad sex life. It wasn't that at all. It was just, mm -hmm. I was wrapped up in my head. Yeah. Um, I think, don't think, don't take yourself so seriously. And um, don't think that those 10 extra pounds are the end of your relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so let's get really personal. I'm 62. I've been sick for 20. I was, I was sick for 21 years. Mm -hmm. I have insulin resistance. Didn't know that. Couldn't lose weight. Been, I gained a lot of weight, a lot of weight. And I was, you know, had a really nice figure in the beginning of our relationship. And I really let that hold me back because I was embarrassed. Right. Didn't want to get undressed Didn't want, you know, the whole thing. And, um, you know what I found out? He just loves me. He doesn't care. He's like, T, I'm not perfect. What, what do you, what do you think? You know, what do yeah. you think? So even at 62, you can still, um, you can still feel, um, self-conscious. Yeah. But the thing is, is that it's about loving the other person, right. And have mm -hmm. fun. I don't know. That's what I would tell you. Have fun. And yeah. it's not over when you're 60. So I think to be honest with you, it gets better and better because you are less, self-conscious and you just kind of, you know, we do a lot of laughing, a lot yeah. of, and not laughing, laughing in a good way, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not laughing at each other, laughing with each other. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. But make time for it. I don't care if you take, I'll, I'll tell you one little thing I did when I was really ill, I was exhausted and in so much pain. It was a very hard, it was actually really hard, uh, very difficult. It was difficult for me because I was in so much pain. And he was so patient with me and I realized, oh my gosh, this is what I'm asking of him. Right. Mm -hmm. So I started in my calendar and I would put a heart in the days when we were intimate. Right. Mm -hmm. And I went, oh my word, we are going far too long in between. Mm -hmm. So those little hearts, because I didn't realize how long it had been. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I didn't feel well. Mm -hmm. So I started go, you know, doing those little hearts and, um, they were, it was really cool. I did it for about six or eight months and it was life, it was life-changing for both of us. Mm -hmm. So don't get too busy, make time. It doesn't have to be at night when you go to bed either. Yeah. It's hard when you have children. I think when you have little ones, that's hard. It's hard to kind of find the space. And sometimes it does have to be at nighttime, yeah. but if you're single and you don't have children or you have a way to have time, it doesn't have to be when you're tired, right? Yeah. Find a few minutes here and there and just no. Yeah. Do the deed. <laughs> <laughs> um, never thought I'd be talking about this on a podcast. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. It's so important. Bring that taboo thing. It is, so, it is. It's huge because it's really uh, one of the, the thing that really ties you together. It's mm -hmm. what I, it, okay. How do I say this? It's the one thing that you don't do with anyone else. 
yeah it's what distinguishes your relationship there it in is. a lot That's of ways weird. from yes. other relationships yes. yeah you have people you love and care about and spend time with, but that is something that is just between the two of you. Well, if that's what your choice is for me, that's my choice. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't want, I don't want any, I wouldn't want anything different than that. So yeah, yeah. For me, that's, that's why I say it that way. Yeah. Um. Okay. Here are some of the things that are coming through for me about the sex and relationships. Um. First of all, it is an energetic exchange between you and your oh, partner. Absolutely. Where and how you are exchanging energy in the other parts of your relationship influence and impact this. Mm -hmm. This is important to attend to in every way you are exchanging energy. If your partner is not contributing energy into your relationship, of course, you don't want to keep extending it in your sex life. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. Right. So. (laughs) attend to the exchange of energy in the relationship as a whole Mm -hmm. period because sex is just another another extension of energy exchange in the Mm -hmm. same way that money is also like it's all just energy exchange so if we just put it all in that category and you're able to look at it like where and how are we really exchanging energy here like what value am i putting on the types of energy we're exchanging in different places is it equitable truly is it equitable yeah because i feel yeah. like that's when the sex life is really at its peak is when your energy exchange is actually equal yes yeah so are you an active yeah. participant in making sure your energy exchange is equal which includes you identifying if there are needs and things and if things are unequal like that's also part of that's part of creating yes. you know um okay other thing about sex um, your sex life is going to be unique to what works for the two of you, your yes. own goals, your ideas, what it feels nice, what doesn't feel nice. There are going to be people that want to have sex multiple times a day and other people that want to have it like once a week, once every two weeks, there's not mm-hmm. one that is better or worse. So that means that you're in a better relationship right. than others. So like take the shame off the table. What's most important is what you want and what your partner wants and yeah. what you want for your relationship. Nothing else matters. Yeah. Um, other thing about sex. Um, I'll just say from my own perspective in a much shorter marriage than Tina has is that it will ebb and flow and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Again, don't judge yourself. Um, again, always just come back to connecting with your partner about what you want. Mm-hmm. Like if you both feel okay about the fact that it's changed a little bit in one way, cool. If you both know you kind of want it to be different in a little bit, cool. Um, what's funny is I do the same thing. I track when we have sex, but like, it's more just for like me tracking my cycles. I use the thermometer mm-hmm. to check what point I'm at in my cycles, which is really interesting. And on that same app, I use the natural cycles one. I track when we have sex. And again, it's just for visibility. It's not really like a judging thing, but it is right, important right. to kind of acknowledge like how often that's happening. If there's trends with that happening or not. Um, because I think it's, we could easily get in our head about how much it is or isn't happening or something like that. And I think having that check-in visibility point can be kind of helpful. So that's kind of funny. That's something that I do too. Um, and women think they have sex more often and men think they have it less. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. Right. Then we, then I think then what the really is kind of somewhere in the middle usually. Yeah. Um, speaking of men, women dynamic, and just as a culture, things that we're kind of coming back to, um, you don't owe anybody your sexual energy. Absolutely not. You don't owe it to anybody. You don't owe anybody your energy at all, frankly. Um, and sexual energy is not like worth more or less than other types of energy too. Like just because maybe they're bringing in energy in the form of like money to the house 
like does not mean that that's inherently more valuable right. than like your sexual energy or something right. or like right. your energy to keep the home like that's not less valuable you know what I mean like right. it's a piece of the pie a hundred percent and mm -hmm. like again like how you're evaluating those things is important yeah. both people that you're on the same page yeah. with how you're evaluating that so being raised in a um you know in a religious in a religious home and a church and stuff. So there were a lot of rules around sexuality and stuff, but I have an aunt, my wonderful aunt, auntie, I call her. Um, when we got married, she got us a book about sex. And I remember thinking, I didn't know any, I didn't know very much. Mm -hmm. Right. And we were so young, right. Mm -hmm. But we were in Bible. So Bible college, right. So we're in Bible college. <laughs> so, you know, so she got us a book. That was our wedding gift. Wow. And um, I've always thought kind of bold of her in such a good way. Yeah. Right. And, and if you, and, and I thought, bless her heart, letting us know right up front, this is important. Yeah. Make this right. Yeah. Right. Make this, make this a priority. Yeah. She had a wonderful, wonderful marriage. Mm. And um, she's in her eighties now. Her husband's been gone a few years, but I know they had a really good life together right up. You could tell. Yeah. Right. You could yeah. tell the attraction was there that yeah. come here, you know, yeah. yeah. And deacon in the church and she was a Sunday school teacher and a, you know, and, but there, they got it. They had it right. I love it. Communicated. But I remember thinking, you know, at the time I was kind of embarrassed, but as I've gotten older, I'm like, what a smart girl. She really let us know that's important. Yeah. This isn't about the dishes and the, the silverware. Yeah. It's about the two of you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the last couple of things I want to say that is very similar to what you're saying is one, I feel like um, for me, what is connected to that and also very important is intimacy with your partner, mm -hmm. right? Like what I value just as much as sex, if sometimes not even more, is like being able to have moments of real intimacy. Yeah. Right. Right. Like there can be nights where we're talking and we're skin to skin. Like I'm touching his arm, he's touching my leg or we're cuddling and maybe we kiss or something and it doesn't lead to sex, but we're just having a moment where we're like genuinely sharing each other's presence and enjoying each other and like feel pleasure at the fact that we're connected Yeah. in whatever way we're being connected. Um, and we feel really good about that, you know, yeah. um, we're, we're like being really vulnerable with each other, or maybe we're just having fun and we're laughing. And it was a moment where our full attention was just on each other and our connection just on each other, the nothing else, no phones, no TV, like just us. Yeah. Like those moments to me are just as important again, sometimes if not more important than sex. Yeah. Um, and I, and like, it's important for those to be enough. You know, and if one partner doesn't value that, you know what I mean? Like, again, kind of getting on the same page about what your goals are as a couple. Um, again, I feel like sex is another extension of like, what are your needs? And are you making an effort to meet the other person's needs? Yes, it's an important part of the relationship. But then however that looks like it is for the two of you. Um, oh, what was the last thing I was going to say on it? Oh, um, I've heard a lot of podcasts talking about like if physiologically, like you really are not feeling like maybe capable of like getting and feeling turned on or like whatever that is. Like there are, are actual like physical reasons why that might be happening. Yeah. So whether the man or the woman mm -hmm. in the relationship or, or any other kind of identifying person, if physic physiologically, 
you are feeling like, even though like emotionally you're feeling connected, like mentally you want to, like all that kind of stuff, like you think the person that you're with is actually an attractive person, like you are drawn to them in that like sexual attraction kind of way, but like sex is feeling hard, like please like go to a doctor, like look into like the physical, like there, like there might actually be like things that are just enough off imbalanced that make that difficult. Oh, hormones. Holy cow. Yeah. Just women's hormones, like at your age, right? Mm-hmm. This is a big childbearing years. And as you yeah. get a little bit older, you're in perimenopause and then menopause. That's who, like the ladies that we work with. And it's a big deal. You're, yeah. you know, so yeah, get some, talk to somebody. Yeah. And then my last thing, this is the last thing in the same way that you might not have known how to resolve conflict and communicate in the same way you might not have had financial literacy or skills like, a, like even if you've had sex before your partner, like you don't know how to have sex with your partner in yeah. exactly the way that works for like, let yourself learn, right. you know, right. like whether yeah. you're buying the books or you're listening to the podcast or you're talking together, like let yourself learn about that part of your relationship yeah. too. And like, let yourselves, um, let yourselves like become more masters in that because that is a very important part yeah. of the relationship yeah. too. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So the, let's do just, let's like wrap this up with some marriage specific stuff. Um, in a committed relationship, maybe you're living together, maybe you're not. You've done all these things that we've talked about before. You feel like you're compatible. Your values are aligned. They both have the capacity, the skills, and the motivation to actually show up and be the kind of partner that you want in the relationship. And you guys are thinking about getting married. Um what do you got to say for people that are at that stage or thinking about getting married, they're preparing for marriage? Like what are, like, what are your recommendations about things that they can be thinking about or whatever? First thing I would say is go to marriage, go to, go, go to marriage counseling, Mm -hmm. go to marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely do that. Ask the questions. I think that's huge. Mm -hmm. You've got to learn before you get married to ask the questions, because once you're in it, Mm-hmm. the stakes change mm-hmm. right yeah and so does the relationship because before you get married you are kind of still trying to win that person mm. and once you get married a lot of times we feel like we've won that person mm. or we've won so the fight is over right yeah or the game is over mm. so I think you've got to get that out of your mind that this is a choice right it's a decision that you make Mm -hmm. And, um, what else I think really looking at what are the red flags, you know, Mm -hmm. I know that I, I think maybe Michaela had said in her last podcast, you know, it's not your friend's relationship. They, you know, about the masking, I I disagree with that a little bit. If people are constantly saying to you, are you sure? Like, are you sure about this? If you know, you're doing all the things right. And they're asking, just take a minute. It doesn't mean you walk out of the relationship. Just take it, just ask them, why do you keep asking me that? What are you seeing that you think I'm not seeing? And then make that decision for yourself. Yes. I think another thing is I would say to to people is be aware of how you interact with their family and how you interact with their friends. Do they accept you? Do they make you feel part of their crew? Mm -hmm. Right. John's mom called me a hound. I was a hound. Well, that's a good thing. I would never oh, want to be called goodness. a hound. I was about to say, a, like, well, is that good? <laughs> no, but that's a good thing because we were her, it was her little dog pound, right? So it was a bird ah. bulldog. 
you're her dog pound. So I was a hound. So she accepted me, right? His family has always accepted me with open arms. And that was, you know, that has been a wonderful thing. And my family loves him. Yeah. Right. So um, those are big things to think about. If there's kids involved, you got to really look at that. Whole other story. Whole, whole other story. I, I, yeah, we, this it's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, it really is. It's hard. I mean, because you don't yeah. know how to go into it. But I would say ask the questions, really look around you and see what's going on. But first and foremost, get counseling. Yeah. I don't care if you go to a life coach. I don't care who go to your pastor, your rabbi. I yeah. don't care who you go to. Just go to somebody who knows how to work with people and help you to understand, you know, give you some guidelines of things maybe you haven't thought about. A hundred percent. Got to ask the questions. I That's one, my number one recommendation to go to some sort of even, even if things are great, even if things yeah. are great, especially if things are great, especially, especially if things good. are great, that means right. you're going to like expand your ability for them to continue to be great or get better. Yeah. I did right. that with my, um, with my husband too. And I'm very glad that we did. Um, some of my other things for that, I agree with everything that Tina just said. Um, I, okay. If you feel nervous about getting married, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, but I think you do have to be honest with yourself about what you're feeling nervous about, you know, yeah. and again, this comes into your ability to know yourself and check yourself. Um, if you feel like a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of trends of people being like, mm, are you sure? And like, you have this feeling in your stomach that again, it might not even be that you guys need to break up, but like, maybe like marriage isn't quite the right thing. Listen to that. Yeah. But I do think because of how much pressure we put on marriage as a society that it is normal to have a little bit of nerves about getting married. Absolutely, yes. So My I daughter, don't, yeah. so I just don't think you should like, uh, I guess what I'm saying is like being nervous is not an indication that you're not, not meant to get married. That's, that's my yeah. take on it. Yes. Um, because I've, I felt a little bit of nerves for yeah. sure. But the way that I thought about it to myself is that, okay, what I'm nervous about is like the future and what might happen, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. would I regret in this moment not getting married because of nerves. Like, do I feel honestly feel like this is the best choice for me in this moment? Like not being able to control or see the future. Like, do I really feel like current Brie is making the best choice for her in this moment with all of the information that she has available to her? Like if she's really being honest with herself. Right. And I really felt like that, that was the case. I could live with myself if for some reason down the road, things went sideways or whatever, like I could live with that because I knew that like in this moment, this really did feel like all the signs are pointing to yes, yeah. that like I had the best chance of a really long, happy life, that With this was a, yeah. a relationship that I felt so good about and felt so healthy and so full of love and so full, you know what I mean? Like that felt like in any time that I felt a little bit of nerves or anxiety like that, like was yeah. really like my answer for that. Um, so, yeah. And I think that the talk of like the family and the in-laws and stuff, um, I have another question on that. So I'll just save my other thoughts on that, but I entirely agree with you. Um, and then my other thing, if you're like actually getting married, I love people who just don't do big weddings. Yes. Don't was, the stress of it. It brings out the crazy in people. And Buy if you house. are going to do it. Use the money. Buy a house. Honestly, a hundred percent. I yeah. loved having, being able to bring people together and I loved yeah. having photos of it. Have a party. Like those were, those were the things that I, uh, that I valued enough to spend money in. Cause that's really all money is, isn't, yeah. isn't an expression of what we value. Uh, if you are going to have a wedding, let the wedding be about the marriage and not about the wedding. Yeah. How do you want your marriage to feel and like create that kind of experience for the wedding? And that also means in your own mental state, thinking about the wedding, 
Like my whole mantra was like, I want my marriage and my wedding to be filled with love and peace and joy. So like, why would I bring a different energy into every moment of wedding planning? Like, why would I bring a different energy into the, you know what I mean? Like every time I tried, that's just my two cents on that. Um, okay. My next question, is it different when you get engaged or married versus when you are in like long-term committed relationship in your experience? Does it feel different? How is it different? So when we first got together, um, when we first got together, um, it was kind of tumultuous because, um, we hadn't taken, we hadn't taken care of things. So we needed things we had to take care of. So our first four or five years together were kind of just, they were wonderful being together, but it caused a lot of, um, um, distress, let's just say. Okay. So you've got to finish things. You got to finish what you're, you can't just say I've gone, I've left. You've got to get the divorce. You've got to do, you've got to make the break. You've got to be available, right. To do a relationship. So we spent a year apart. And, um, when we got back together, I really wanted to get married. And he said, I do not want to get married. And it was like, it was a, a deal breaker for me. We talked about it and talked about it. And then I realized it was okay because I felt safe with him. I loved him. I understood why he didn't want to get married. So I said, it's okay. Well, four years later, then he proposed mm-hmm. and I was shocked. I thought he was kidding. Like I could not believe it because I had already decided uh, yeah. I was fine. I was okay with it. And um, we got married a year later which would be tomorrow, eight years ago, tomorrow that we got married. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Happy early good. anniversary. Yeah. Wow. But you know, we both said it did feel different. It did feel different. Yeah. Because we said in front of everyone, in front of God and everybody, here we are, we're getting married and we want to do this and we want it to be for life, yeah. you know, and yeah, that, that's our that intention. Is, we're both committed to, to yeah, that, this, trying to make that, that happen. Is, Yep. That is our intention. And yep. so, um, I think we, we both have said we feel more settled. Uh, we feel safer. Um, yeah. it gives us a more of a reason to come back to each other, to the team, right. Yep. As you said, so I don't know, you know, I, I know it isn't maybe for everybody, but for me, um, it is definitely, it's been it for Different. us. It's been the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I would agree getting engaged and married does make it different. Um, it doesn't, how do, how do I want to say this? It didn't change the actual dynamic of the relationship. Right. So if you're right. hoping that like marriage is all of a sudden going to like change like no. an element of, no, it's not going to, you are going to change the elements of your relationship by working on it. Um, but this is what it, it was like a mindset thing. Yes. It was like a, it was like a mental thing. Um, because you can say all day long that like you're committed and you're going to be there and all that kind of stuff, but like without anything actually tying you to each other, like there's always that possibility that it's not going to, right. And that might be a little bit of literally walk out the door. You can literally walk out the door. Even if like you believe and try, like, you know, there's just that possibility, um, get even getting engaged, but especially getting married, like you are like indicating your ties and some people like say like marriage is like a business contract I kind of get it like I get that because like legally you're tying each to each to each other like divorce is a is a pain like you wouldn't want it you know and like there's all of these elements that like 
are showing like in a and more than just words you know yeah. i guess that like you are demonstrating both of how much you both are committed to making it work long term by entangling yourselves in these ways that would right. like that are designed to be difficult to untangle you right. know what i mean right um yeah. like so it's more than just like i'm committed and i'm showing you i'm committed by every day how i'm showing up in the relationship which of course is important but it's just like this other element of like i'm willing to actually make it very difficult for me to be untangled from yeah. you because yeah. I feel so confident and because I really do want to demonstrate yeah. to you and create an environment with you where we both like understand how committed yeah. we are right like that yeah. feeling of like well we got to make it work because yeah. this is more than just we're dating like we right. are married you know yeah. um yeah. or like I like hopefully you're not just going to be walking out because again, it would be very difficult for it's, like yeah, that. <laughs> you untangle everything, right? Yes. Yes. And that did create a certain psychological safety for sure. Mm -hmm. I agree. That was my experience too. And I, and it did settle something yeah. in me that I didn't even realize wasn't yeah. quite as settled. Um, and of course, I mean, realistically like the same thing could happen like something could ha you know, they could do something they could walk out they, changes. Yeah. they could decide that it's over like the same but you know yeah. but just that element of like you both have made the choice yeah to like entangle in those ways yeah. knowing that it would be you know like there's just yeah. something about that um it's that goes back to what i had said earlier it kind of always has been the, one of those themes in my life is the belonging yeah you know i wanted to belong to him in all the good ways. Yeah. And I wanted him to belong to me in all the good ways. And I wanted, we wanted everyone to know that we belonged, you know, to yeah. each other. And yeah. then another thing that you, and you just said the word choosing, right? Mm -hmm. You choose. Mm -hmm. And that's how you make a good marriage. Every day you choose, you decide and you choose and you decide and choose every day what direction it's going to go if it starts going off the path guess what it's not wrong it's not it's not necessarily off the rails yeah. as long as as long as as soon as you realize it's moving in the wrong path you make another choice yeah and you decide and you're back on track yeah well that is one of my other questions is how like how in your opinion can you stay on the same page with your partner or attempt to stay on the same page with your partner as time passes and you inevitably grow as people and evolve as people? Like how can you help your relationship evolve together? You have to find common ground, right? You have to find the things that you, some, you have to find at least one thing that you are really, really passionate about together, right? You have, you have to move in the same direction. I, I don't think it's any different than when you first get together. You just have to continue. You know what? I know what it is. You have to choose. It goes back to what I just said. You have mm -hmm. to choose and decide every day that at the end of the day, we're going to still be on this path, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that we're not going to get wonky sometimes. I'm going to get wonky. He's going to get wonky. But at the end of the day, not the end of the week or the end of the month, the end of the day, we're going to come back, yeah. right? If we're upset with each other, I'm upset with you. I don't want to talk to you, but I still love you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And then, so you know what that is? That's not this and it's not acquiescing. It's being truthful. I'm hurt. I don't like it, but I choose to be here. I'm not going to go stay somewhere else. I'm staying here with you. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to me It's about every day. It's a choice. And, and, and I have a, I have a um, 
sign on my wall that says accept or change, right? Accept what is or change what it is. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of what we talked about in looking for a relationship, like all of these things are going to help put you in a position where you can more easily do that with your partner, right? Yeah. Like, yes. It's really hard to stay on the same page if you were never really on the same page. Yeah, with, you know, you're not there from the beginning, right? It it is hard to get there because then you're you're flipping chapters now. Yeah, now you're flipping chapters trying to figure out where each other are. Yeah, and, and if you don't, fun. and if you don't have shared values, like what you right. would be making decisions based off is two totally different things. Right. right. You know, and yeah, so that would be a big thing. Um. And I also, again, like the more, you know, yourself, the more you can be honest and bringing to the relationship and the more you can help ensure that you stay connected. If you are not connected to yourself, you cannot be connected to another person for both partners. So it's important. You have a partner who knows how to be connected to themselves continuously. Like I've also seen relationships and because of that, because the other partners, not really, they don't really know themselves that well, you know? And that's a whole other thing, but being able to say like throughout time, like inevitably your own values are going to shift a little bit. Things that are important to you are going to shift a little bit. Like things you need in a relationship are going to shift. Like your ability to bring that to the table. So your partner even has the chance to meet those changing needs or you even have a chance to decide if this is a change that you can make, if it's good, if it is a deal breaker, you know, like you, like you can't even give your relationship the chance to stay connected if you don't know what is true for you and like right. you don't know what's important to you you know what I mean right. yeah, um I like I just had a relationship a relationship a conversation with my husband the other day that was kind of along the same things it was like I'm kind of realizing that this is really important to me in a long-term relationship mm-hmm. and this is something that I, I feel like is not so much a thing right now and like that was a really hard conversation to have. I was terrified because Mm -hmm. I realized it was so important to me that if it was not something that was apparent in this relationship, that might mean that this relationship wasn't going to be something that continued to be the healthiest, happiest, supportive relationship to me. That was really hard. I did not let the fear of that being a thing keep me from having that conversation because that would just mean denying myself, right? Right. Like I had to have trust in my relationship and in myself that if I was feeling that that was important, then it was something important to bring up to bring it up and to give my partner like the opportunity and like the chance to like meet that or for us to find common ground. Dealing with in-laws and families. Oh, yes. Oof. Um, I'm just going to give my number one tip and I'm going to let Tina talk about this. No, no, no. I'm, I'm <laughs> <give> my <number> one tip. <laughs> well, we both can talk about this here. Here's the thing. You got, you have to be on the same page with your partner about family stuff. Like you just have to, if you are dating somebody who is not interested in being on a team with you, even if for some reason that's different than the family stuff, run, run, (laughs) run as fast as you can, you know, because of the, because it kind of doesn't matter what the family's doing, what's happening with in-laws. If you guys are a unit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing biggest, biggest thing that feels so important to me. You handle your own respective families, period. Every time, every, in every way. You should never be in a situation where you are having to handle communication or dealing with something that has to do with your in-laws. You are not the point person. Your partner is the point person for their own family every single time. Mm -hmm. And the messaging is always, we as a team feel this way, unless it is the partner who says, no, this is really coming for me. 
Yeah. But it's never, this is something they want. And I'm, and so we got, no, it's like, it's always a united front. And the partner is the point person for their own family. Always, 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 always. Yeah. Period. Those are yeah. two of my big things. And Tina, I will turn it over to you. I've just got one. Keep your opinions to yourself. So what do you mean by saying, like, be wary of, of the opinions and maybe just being like discerning of when you share opinions? At the end of the day, it's their family. Even though they love you and you love them, it's their family. And when... If, um, if a disagreement comes up, they're going to, their family is going to choose their person and your family is going to choose yours. So be very careful of how you word things, right? Like I have, I have stepkids. I'm not their mom. I've never tried to be their mom. You know, they have, they have great moms. They don't, they don't need another mom. Um, <clears throat> but sometimes we overstep because we think that our relationship is different than it is even though they love us and we love them. You know, one thing I can say about JP is he never oversteps. He's always there, open arms to, you know, and I, I'm, and I'm so grateful. He's always that way. And I, and I love my stepkids. I call them my bonus kids. I don't call them stepkids, but I love my bonus kids and he loves my kids and we love our grandchildren equally. But in the end, he's their dad right? And I'm my kid's mom. So there is, you have to be careful of those relationships that you don't interfere. Yeah. And what I'm, what I'm hearing you saying is like definitely a respect thing, but also kind of yeah. like stay in your lane, you know, yeah, stay in your lane. Yeah. because, and I don't, I don't have the beautiful experience of having bonus kids, which I think is actually beautiful. And again, it even like really the Akashic sweet. records thing, like you're, you're meant to be in certain people's lives, you know, um, period. But for the, what we were talking about, even if it's just like your, your, um, partner's relationships with their family. Um, mm -hmm. I know we have a lot of people that listen who maybe identified like with the helpers or the fixers or the rescuers, which is its own thing, which we're going to talk about in victim consciousness episodes. Please yeah. be so excited for this episode, but like, it is not your business. And you trying right. to make something like that, your business creates problems that are not problems. Mm -hmm. And frankly, it keeps your partner from dealing with their own stuff. Like you don't need to be stepping in for that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, how, if they're treating you a certain way, right. Or if they're disrespecting certain boundaries or values that you have as a family, mm -hmm. that's another story, right? Yeah. Um, but like, if you just kind of don't like the way that your parent, that your partner's parents or their like siblings or something treats them, that's not your business. It's not. Yeah, your that's yeah. Then I'm, I am, I am wildly protective of how people treat JP because mm -hmm. he's so kind and he takes care of so many people and he goes out of his way for so many people. So um, I am very aware if he is slighted and I, that is one time where you will see the lion come out of me, mm -hmm. you know? And so I have to be very aware of that because I have um, caused offense yeah. by doing that. Yeah. Even though I, even though I feel justified in feeling defensive of him um the fact of the matter is that I caused offense to someone that I love so yeah, you know. yeah it just doesn't I, I just have never found that it really does the kind yeah, of good that you really want it to do yeah, right yeah, like right. If, if really what you want is like harmony and people all being yeah. able to kind of hold their own space and be respected like you coming in like it doesn't it doesn't do what you yeah. think it's going to do really yeah. what it does is it soothes your own stuff 
Yeah. And it's, it's about you. It's not really about the situation. Yeah. Right. Um, so so let it... Zach always says, mama, it's not about, it's not about you. It's about Papa. It's not about you, mama. What yeah. a fun and gentle way to be like, yeah, yeah. go on, yeah. you know, <laughs> not about you, mama. And I yeah. love that too. That's another fun little tip, like have fun ways to be able to like acknowledge things with each other. Yeah. You know, I think that's one of the really special things that can happen in really yeah. good. Calm down tips. girl. <laughs> yeah. Like say, you can say things to each other that are actually kind of like big things, but like it's yeah. said in such a playful and loving way that like, it doesn't like your other part, your partner's not defensive with you, you know? Right. Um, right. And the, and that's one of the things I love about my husband, Jen, is that he has such a good sense of humor and some of the ways that he just so playfully and really like in a funny way kind of calls out if I'm like a little tense, yeah. or a little snappy <laughs> or something like it makes me laugh and it dissolves the yeah. whole moment and it's fine, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of stuff with, with the family, again, if it has to do with just between that person and their family, let it be between them. Let it be. But yeah. when it is about your unit, your mm -hmm. home, your space, your resources as a couple, time, money, energy, whatever, kids, like even how they're, like they're treating you, that is something mm -hmm. that you guys as a unit have to decide what's important to you. And then it's up to your partner to be the enforcer and the point person from that point yeah. forward. Yeah. And if they're not able or willing to do that, that is a huge red flag. Yeah. Go to therapy yeah. about that. That is also a <laughs> manifestation and a representation of their respect for you yeah. and the energy. Yeah. That's like a whole other part where things get yeah. exposed, you know, yeah. um, not okay. So that's our two cents on in-laws. <laughs> yes. Um, Okay, I think really our last ones is one for you. And then I think also TJ might come and give his two cents about it as a fun yeah. little thing for everybody. Yes. Um, th this is kind of like a sweet note to leave it on. Um, is how did you like what like what did you really? Hmm, I guess just like very simply, like, how did you know that TJ was TJ? PJ was the one. It's PJ. JP. JP. Oh JP. my gosh. I you can marry me after to try to marry me after JP and PJ, but I ain't going there. Oh my gosh. I do. I swear <laughs> I'm dyslexic. So I fully like switched. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. We're going to come back to this. So tell me, Tina, <laughs> how did you know that JP was the one? And I am going to read to you because I really thought about this and it oh. was so easy to answer. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. I felt loved, safe seen, heard, valued. I belonged. I'm going to cry. So I'm sorry, everybody. I examined my anxiety around the relationship and I learned that I was living in fear of repeating the past of being ignored, unloved, unwanted, and left behind. So I looked at the man and I saw who he was and that he was not the person who would ignore me, hurt me, or leave me. He kept his word in the small things he listened to me and he was willing to make changes when they made a better life for us. I looked at me and I saw that I wanted to let my guard down. I wanted to be honest, vulnerable, and open about what I wanted and needed and who I was. And he sees me and he stays. That's it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, why would I go in? Why would I not want to love him? Oh, right. I love that. He is the best person I know. Oh, that's I And just, that's how I feel about Jen too, is that like, yeah. he's literally an angel of a human. Like yeah. everybody deserves a Jen. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. And I feel yeah, like that's I a really, really good sign. 
if you're yeah. with somebody who wholeheartedly not like, oh, accept this one thing, like, no, wholeheartedly, right. you yeah. can say, like, everybody deserves a insert name of partner. Yeah. Like, they're truly, yeah. yeah, Jen is like the best. I don't understand how he exists, like, as a human, know. you know? Yeah. How are you mine? I fell in love with JP when I was 17 years old. Oh. And so we're having an interracial relationship. He's black. I'm and I'm not, as you can see, if you can see the podcast. <laughs> and in 1978, that was a huge ordeal, mm -hmm. you know? And so um, my parents said, no, you can't do it. Your life will be too hard. And um, 27 years later, we got back together. Mm -hmm. And we had a rocky few years because it was a little bit like listening to the twin flame, a little twin flamey, right? Yeah. But it really wasn't twin flame. So I think he's my soulmate. I don't have any yeah. actually don't have any question about that yeah um but um when we took that year apart and we really looked at what we wanted in our life and we said this is what we want because when my ex-husband met him he said she has loved you her whole life oh. and I didn't even know that I had ever spoken of him mm -hmm. to, around my ex-husband Wow. My kids said, oh, mom, you've always loved him. Oh. I got a message, two messages yesterday from two girls that used to go roller skating with us when I met him. And they said, oh, my God, it's about time. The two of you were so in love back then. Oh. Everybody knew but you, evidently. Oh but it gosh. wasn't that. It was just the world kind of got in the way of things, right? Yeah. And so we make the most of it yeah. because we know what it's like to kind of to have a life where there's this little part of you that you long for yeah, in such a good way, not a, not a crazy needy way, but just something that you keep thinking there was something there. Yeah. There was really something there, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And here we are. And there is something here. Oh yeah. I love that. I think that's a beautiful story. Um, yeah. I'll give my two cents. Me and my husband were it. not high school sweethearts so in case you have a little bit of a different experience that maybe this <laughs> maybe this will resonate for you um how did I know that he was the one um like all of those things we talked about at the beginning aligned first of all um but I think more like abstractly or kind of like you know again I just like he's the best person honestly mm -hmm. like the best person and I always want to know more of what he's thinking. Like, I always want to know like more of like what's going inside, going on inside of that head of his, you know, and I genuinely love who I am around him. And I genuinely love being around him, you know, like the life that I was having with him, it was all of the things that I wanted. It was fun. It was joyful. It was peaceful. It was tender and loving and sweet and playful and open and gentle, you know, like all of the things I wanted for my life is how it felt when and within our relationship and together and all of those green flags and things you wanted in the relationship. I could, I could look at the relationship and they were there. 
Um, but I just look at him and I adore him and he looks at me and he adores me, adores me. It is so important women that you are with somebody who like is straight up obsessed and adores you in like that healthy way. So important. Um, but that you also feel that same way about them. That they make you feel like we're looking right. Yes. I just love him. I just think everybody should know JP because you would just love him if you yeah. met him. I feel Michaela the same way said, about Jen. Yeah. Michaela said, oh my God, he's so kind. Yeah. He's so, so kind. Yeah. What a heart, heart guy. She said, yeah, and I'm like, yeah that's him. Yeah. Aww. She goes, oh, he loves you. I'm like, yes, he does. Oh my gosh. You guys are so cute. So if you guys are not looking on the video of the podcast, um, Tina's man, he's here. He's here with us. Um, and he's been so kind to come on and agree to answer a couple questions to wrap out, wrap up this episode for us. Um, so Tina, I feel like you have some of the questions um, that you know that we're going to ask him. Mm -hmm. um, so why don't you, why don't you ask him the first one for us? Pick whichever one you want. All right. So the first question I want to ask you. <laughs> we're having you're, a good you're not on the spot or anything no okay so I've already said in in the um interview that you know I'd been sick for 21 years and when I got together with you I was sick and you've done an amazing job of supporting me and helping me so I would like you to just if you don't mind share a little bit about how or why you did that was it hard and, and for anybody listening, whether it's husbands, wives, whatever, like thinking about how we can be most supportive to mm -hmm. our partners, just in yeah. general, like what two cents, what tips would you give people about like how and or why it's important to be supportive to their partners? Well, in my case, Tina's entire life, she has done so much for so many different people that I felt it was time for someone to help her. And I took on that role and everything and anything that I had to do, I did. Mm -hmm. And now she's healthy again. I love yeah. that. And how, and, and, and I guess, yeah, too, like, if, you know, there's couples that are listening and maybe they're earlier in marriage or they're, you know, in a part of their marriage where they're kind of reevaluating how they can come back together to create a healthy marriage. Like what recommendations would you give them about how they can be most supportive to each other? Well, I would have them look in the mirror and say, what if the shoe was on the other foot? What if you were the one that was sick? Would you want to go through this alone? And no. You wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And the yeah. key to success is having that that partner that's willing to stand by you every step of the way. Mm. And I think that's what we've done. Yeah. Mm. And I love that because I think that applies to like so many more situations, even just outside of if you have a partner mm -hmm. who's yeah. sick, like kind of that mentality of like, what's really going on here? Yeah. They probably just need support. They probably need to be seen, heard, whatever. Yeah. And like, if I really needed that, like, how would I want mm -hmm. somebody to respond to me, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and am I really going to do the work? Am I really going to do take the action to embody that partner mm -hmm. for my person? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. And the second question I would love to ask you, because I just asked Tina, um, 
for people who are, who, you know, maybe haven't found their person just yet. And they think about, you know, dating and finding their like life partner, husband, wife, whatever it might be. Um, and maybe some anxiety about being able to spot who the person is, right? Like knowing who the right person is. Um, with all that in mind, no um, pressure. No pressure. with, with all that in mind, I would just love for you to share your perspective on how you knew that like Tina was the one for you, that she was your person and she was going to be the one that you had that like life partnership with. This is actually kind of funny. Uh, Tina walked into the skating rink and <laughs> I was roller skating. We were 17. And she asked her girlfriend, who is that? And her girlfriend told her it was John Pruitt. And she said, I love him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Classic, classic. The football player and the cheerleader. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is the first time I'm actually going to admit this. I've had a very stellar athletic career. And Tina knew nothing, nothing about me, except that her father told her that I was fast. She knew nothing I about didn't... what I did in football, nothing about going to Syracuse or anything else. But... As time went on, she put together, well, my mother had a scrapbook, and Tina asked my mother if she could have the scrapbook and redo it. So Tina took all those articles, had them laminated, put in order. Through that scrapbook, she learned everything that I had done, because I never told her anything. Mm -hmm. Never told her a single word. And after she put the scrapbook together, she told me what I did. And I just knew at that point, you're going to go through all the time that you did to get to know me the way that you did. Yes, you are the one. Mm -hmm. Because no one has ever put that kind of time in. So I knew right then and there that, yeah, she's a keeper. You never did tell me that. I have never told you that. You have never told me that. <laughs> yeah, that we're getting a live reaction. What is yeah. your reaction to hearing that for the first time? Give us the tea. Wow. And you know what? That's interesting because it took me over 30 days to do that. And I'm talking from morning till night when I wasn't with him or with my, you know, like sleeping. I was working on that scrapbook. And I remember his reaction to it was like big, but I didn't realize. Not until now. No. Oh. Well, so, I just I just want to share JP, the one of the things we talked about at the beginning as being such a good sign that like a relationship is a healthy one and a right one is that you feel seen for who you really are and you can just be who you really are. So I think that you unintentionally like wrapped it all up in a nice little bow, yeah. you know, talking about the fact that it was her effort and her genuine ability to see and appreciate who you are, like all parts of you. That was that thing that like clicked to be able to say like, ah, 
yeah, this is it. This is the right kind of thing, yep. you know? And to be able to just like really love who you are yeah. and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's the magic. Yeah, that is the magic. Oh, well, thank you so much. I don't want to take up any more of your time, Tina. I know I've had like hours of yours. It's awesome. You've honored us by like coming in and stopping in for this. Um, who knows? Maybe the crowd is going to have questions and we're going to bring you guys back for some questions. <laughs> but I just wanted to say, as we close it out today, it has been an honor. And JP, I know you weren't here for a lot of it, but frankly, your relationship and your time together uh, is what allowed for a lot of this wisdom to come through. So I thank you as well for <laughs> just in oh, that way welcome. contributing to it. Um, and I just can't wait for everybody to hear this episode. So thank you so much thank for you. doing He's this. definitely a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> he was waiting to say it. He was like, I was he waiting was, to say it. With his Syracuse shirt on. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Well, yeah. Tina, thank you. This has been literally the most wonderful, beautiful conversation. Um, you have such a golden heart and so much wisdom about this. And thank you for just being so honest and so vulnerable with everybody. Cause I know a lot of people are really going to benefit from this. I'm glad. And you know, I love and adore you and I'm always rooting for you. Oh, thank always. you. All right. So we're going to wrap up the episode there. Thanks everyone. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. See ya. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of Breakthroughs with Brie. I would love to hear your feedback about these relationship episodes with Tina. If you have more conversations, there were lots of things that we didn't cover that we probably could have, but we went with what we felt guided to. Um, please share your feedback. If there are other topics not related to relationships that you really want to hear, um, send me a DM, comment on the video, send me an email. I'm so excited about everything that's coming through in these episodes and would love to be able to speak to or channel through information on what feels like it's going to be most impactful for you. So until next time, until next Monday, I hope you guys have a great one and I'll see you then.